This is Table Talk 14.5 from the guys at Late Afternoon Gaming. Tonight, we're talking mistakes, statistics, and a whole lot of Chuck Tangle. If that doesn't interest you, then go ahead and unsubscribe. Okay, so the last time, the only thing that we had on the links was William Shatner, Rocket Man. I don't remember how we got there. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but that's definitely <laughs> staying in. Uh, yeah, so for the listeners, we tried to do a session last week, but there were some network issues that were preventing us from... The, there were enough hiccups in it that we didn't want to do a session because we would be our flow would get interrupted too much. Mm-hmm. But that didn't really start... Or that didn't get too bad until we started trying to do the session itself which means that we already did table talk for all the topics that i'm about to bring up so i'm just gonna briefly say what the topics are we don't really need to go into them that much well no we'll just re-riff yeah <laughs> re-riff yeah yeah you just so, throw a topic out okay so the first one i had written was <laughs> steep learning curve so duncan oh. last time <laughs> said that <laughs> said Wait. that foundry has a steep learning curve yeah. And my my issue with the term steep learning curve is the way people use it, it suggests that it's difficult to learn. Whereas a steep curve, like on a graph of learning over time, means that you learn it very quickly. So so which one is it and which one should it be? Yeah, and the I believe the counter argument that I brought up was that I, I believe the steep is referring to how difficult it is to ascend a steep versus a shallow incline. It's sure another plausible interpretation. The annoying and probably thing with that, though, you know, is that doesn't really mesh with when when you talk about curves, you typically are talking about graphs. So right. it's what if I told you that I was I was referring to time being the y axis. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, and that I I found that I learned everything I needed to. Um, I, I kind of got asymptotic with it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. You know, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So so I, I the lesson that we learned from that is if we're going to talk about curves, we need to clearly state what the axes are. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Uh, so the next one I had was vineyard trellis height, uh, which I had claimed in the session uh, when we started fighting in the vineyard that they're like 10 feet high. And it seems like that's ballpark correct. I looked it up and... I got answers all over the place, but one of the, like the more common average I saw was anywhere from six and a half to ten feet tall. So mm. I'm basically a genius. We use uh, cubits. We use fathoms <laughs> on the podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Spans. Uh, so I I had planned last time on making fun of Nerf because he had mentioned that the Revenge of the Sith novelization was really good, or that it was good. Uh, and so I'd remembered as a kid, I had, and I mentioned this, I had read the Attack of the Clones novelization, and I don't remember it being very good. Uh, so I I bought the Revenge of the Sith one, and I was going to read it and then make fun of Nerf, but uh, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's it's quite entertaining and uh, <laughs> has some has some interesting like additions and context for things that happen in the film. Uh, and just kind of like an alternate explanation or interpretation of events that I, I think is actually pretty interesting. <laughs> and so uh, I, I was totally, totally wrong in my assumption that I that it was going to be bad. And uh, so there you go, Nerf. You're right. Mm, thank you. I know that was difficult uh, for you to say. 
It, it wasn't really, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm wrong all the time. Uh, I'm used to it now. So uh, we had a question of how much money do we have? So the, the way this happened last time was I said, hey, you know, we had a question. We gave all that money back to that Martikov guy. Well, how much money do we have left? Because we didn't remember how much we had taken in the first place or whatever. Yeah, the good so, news is it, I think the answer was we never actually recorded how much we picked up. So it was just sort of a right. rush. Yeah, exactly. So I was <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's whatever we have minus 1400. And then we figured out that nobody had actually written down how much money we have. So, uh, which I don't remember whose job it was. I know it wasn't mine. It was either Jack's or Nurse. I'm sure it was me. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had asked last time, what's the Wailing Wall? So uh, Nerf had mentioned that as part of Kelimvor's lore. Kelimvor being the god of death that uh, um, Kakabi is a, a servant to. Yeah, actually, and after you brought that up, I looked at it again, and um, I was I was mixing up the Wailing Wall with something that actually exists. It's um, it's one of the walls in Jerusalem. Um, so th- okay, I was well, going to I thought that's that what you were time? talking about. So, yeah. And then when you said it's something to do with Kelimvor, I was like, so oh, there okay, is... I guess there's a wailing wall in D&D. Oh, let's yeah. see if I can find it again. There is a wall. It's the wall of the faithless. Um, uh, and that, oh, it, it, well, that's, it's, that's a much, yeah. that's a lot easier to figure yep. out. Yeah. It, and it's what I described last week where it's, it's, if you are faithless is in, you do not have a patron God, you get uh, put into a wall. <laughs> cool. If you're if you're maidenless, <laughs> so uh, I had mentioned last time, or I described part of the castle wall or the the fortification surrounding Kres. I described part of it as a parapet, and I said I was using the parapet as cover for the wind. Um, when I said parapet, what I was describing was something that I have not yet found a word for, but it's basically a protrusion of a castle wall uh, that is like part of a tower that is built into that wall. I was using the word parapet because it sounded like a castle-type word that might fit the situation. But a parapet is a low protective wall along the edge of a roof or, you know, the top of a wall like this or something like that. So Are you I, talking I about the, crenellation the teeth-looking things? Yeah. yeah, that's a crenellation. No. Oh. No, no, no. So a crenellation is is the, like, the, the chunk that's taken out of that parapet. So you can have a crenellated parapet. Um, I, I looked all this up. <laughs> Battle no, it's all right. I, I'm, I'm sure a quick Google search, and I, I'll be better educated on. <laughs> on this yeah, go part. for it. Yeah, no, yeah. Crenellations are, are the like the holes, or not the holes, but the like the little divots in the in the parapet. Okay. Are you? Is the word that you're looking for the knot hole part of it? Yes. The, that's called the, a, no. That's that's the Merlin. Yeah. Well, and, and then the whole thing is the parapet. Mm-hmm. No, so, I, I anyway. believe the whole thing is the crenellation, not the parapet. What's a parapet? No, I think the... A parapet doesn't have those gaps in it. That's just a wall. Okay, yeah, so the crenellation is the pattern yeah. of yeah. spaces and uh, filled gaps. You're Right, in the parapet. No, a yes. parapet's just a... The par- a parapet is a fortified wall. Yeah, Jack, it's okay. So we were just talking about how it's okay to admit that you're wrong. You can do that. Yeah, but parapets don't have to have those gaps in it. They don't have to, but if they do, that doesn't stop it from being a parapet. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be a crenellated parapet. Mm. Jack, it's okay. It's okay. It's not. I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we'll just make sure every uh, fortified wall has a smooth top. 
yeah. from now on in, in the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, absolutely no protection for the people walking on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, you're saying there's going to be no parapet. I thought I'm, you were saying I'm, there's going to be no crenellations. No, no, I'm, I'm saying it will be a parapet because it's a fortified wall, um, but it's going to be flat topped. Well, but the, the parapet is the, the small protective wall on top of the wall. I thought it was a parapet because it is a, it's like made out of something heavy, like some kind of heavy mason. No, so the parapet is a low protective wall along the edge of the roof. So it's it's the See, thing that protects- I was reading that the parapet yeah. is the wall itself. Oh my God. So fun fact, according to <laughs> Mosaic law, uh, you're required to build a parapet around your roof. Otherwise you'll be guilty of bloodshed if someone falls off your roof. Mm, no. Guilty of bloodshed. Of bloodshed. Bloodshed. Is this, uh, is this the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Bible. <laughs> yeah, so... And, and, Wikipedia uh, says I'm, it's a barrier that is an extension of the wall. So it's, it's uh, not... The, it's, it, it it's is the thing the, specifically for the people like on top of the wall. Okay. Otherwise, you'll be guilty of bloodshed. You don't make right. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, so here's what we're gonna do from now on. Your, your lack of faith stated, in my googling is really uh <laughs> is disturbing. From now on, unless otherwise stated, all castle or castle-like walls in Barovia are <laughs> flat-topped, <laughs> no yeah. parapet, no crenellation. Oh man! Mm-hmm. And there are there's posted signage every fifty feet or so <laughs> that says warning. Don't fall if off or I'll be guilty someone, of bloodshed. You, yeah, if you if anyone falls, the architect will be guilty of bloodshed. Uh-oh. Yeah. And uh is there like the like a yellow hashed like no walk zone up top? Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a three foot um di- diagonal yellow and black line um painted a- along either edge. Awesome. Okay. Um but th- there are periodic eyes on the wall so that people working up there can clip in. Oh, that's good. Nice. And so you'll see as the guards patrol the walls, every couple of steps they have to reach down and unclip and clip into the next eye. They actually have two clips. Right. You've always got one secured. Right. Mm-hmm. But it means that walking along this wall, <laughs> instead of it taking like 30 seconds to get from <laughs> like one tower to another, it takes like 15 minutes. Right. And they're, they're, all, they're looking down at the the clips the whole time mm-hmm. they have no situational awareness right yeah uh so last thing that i've got written here is uh duncan had said that when i busted out my guitar and started playing at one point that i was playing cheeseburger in paradise uh which ended up being like the most insensitive possible song that i would be uh performing in the crash area because they're starving and like living in constant torment due to the actions of the abbot up in the uh, Abbey of St. Markovia, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm. So did they. Uh, sure. For our podcast stats, we are up to 520 all-time downloads. Wow. So, uh, not not many downloads on the uh, <laughs> on our most recent sessions. Uh, that's okay. We know where the real value is. That's true. Uh, no new countries to add to the list either. What, what I don't remember last time is whether we did inspiration yeah yeah i have no idea i don't even remember what all we did last session before we um right we, we just finished up the the the, the blight fight and then went back <laughs> yeah to we crash. did the blight fight talked to the Mardikov guy gave him all our money back 
hung out <laughs> at Crush, <laughs> waited for the wine to go in. I mean, I'm just going in a summary at this point. Um, right, and then we basically found out that there's nothing going on in this place, talked to the Burgomaster, and uh, we, one thing that we should probably do, by the way, before we, we go up to the Abbey is, is maybe do some humanitarian work here. Yeah. Like, take a day, uh, you know, maybe help them hunt, uh, and Kakabi helps them, you know, make some food <laughs> or something, but... Why well, I'd have to I'd have to take a long rest so I could reprepare spells. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like maybe take a day or two and uh, do do some humanitarian work before we go up there. Because yeah. I'm sure I'm sure we can time lapse it. Yeah. No. No. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but anyway, my my point with saying all that is that is what happened. So for inspiration, uh, I I didn't write down what uh, <laughs> uh what my inspiration suggestion was going to be. So Nerf, what do you what do you suggest for inspiration? Um, I. So I remember, I remember who I voted for, and it was, um, it was our DM Duncan, um, mm. because I, I really liked the way he ran the, the fight with the infinite twig blights. No, that's what you said last <clears throat> table that, talk. Is that, that what actually I said? Got published last table talk that got published. Oh, I, I have yeah. no idea what we said last time. Then that's the last time <laughs> I <remember. laughs> we, we may not have discussed it. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, 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 I don't think we got that far. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll say that my vote goes to Shepard. For the uh, <laughs> the like, we'll give you the money back, but I'm keeping the sword. Like, sorry, <laughs> that, that, just, that made me laugh. Thanks. Um, wait, it's tough. Nerf, you go. I, I, I gotta keep thinking about it. Uh, what do you want to eat? <laughs> um, gosh, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll vote for Shepherd as well. The uh, the back just and forth, the coward's the, way out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, As for I, the reason he said. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Jag just said it so eloquently. It just really moved me. Um, uh. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with with Jack because um, <laughs> the fuck did I do last session? Because I can't vote well, for myself. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, it's because you were doing almost all of the talking when we got into the Burgomaster's place. Oh, I um, don't even remember. Yeah, I, I remember for some reason, like, I got distracted by something, and, and so I wasn't able to devote, like, my full attention to what was happening during this session, like, during that time. I'm sure, or was it because this place is in a humanitarian crisis, and, uh, in light of Donna's a sociopath, and so he just... Yeah, it's, it's not his strong suit to, yeah. to really mesh with these situations, maybe. Uh, but Jack really took the reins and was, uh, was guiding that conversation. And uh, that was very helpful because, yeah, I, he did it better than I think uh, Light of Dawn or me, Shepard, uh, would have been able to. So, Jack. Yay. Although wow. one thing I did want to bring up from that conversation was uh, I think this we could bring attention to uh, mental health issues with the hashtag, you can't cast cure wounds on depression, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was a, a line by me that I thought was, you know, it, it's, it's really punchy. And I think... Uh, yeah, I, it's a you know, little it, long. It's a little long. Yeah, maybe it, I, I haven't checked, but maybe it abbreviates into something that's, uh, yeah. and, you know, and, a little and, little better. And it's not true. <laughs> you can cast oh, really? it, it won't so do anything. That, that was going to be my question is, would you need to do a lesser restoration on... Uh, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm saying you can cast anything on anything you want. It's <laughs> <laughs> just ineffective. Yeah, okay, that's right. fair. Um, you know, <laughs> tell me what you do. Tell me what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what to roll, and you tell me what you rolled, and I'll tell you what happened. 
Okay, hey, you know, that's fair. All right, yeah. never mind. Our campaign That's what I learned at DMs College. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that in Winterhold? No. Oh. No, you know, it's a Phoenix Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Come to Dragon's Reach. Mm. <laughs> that fucking... I actually... I, 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 I went through a distance program. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It was a kind of a learn-at-your-own-pace situation. Mm-hmm. Are are my, a, my backup character is actually online digital gardener. <laughs> <laughs> you went to for-profit online yeah. university. There's no credible yeah. threat. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Howard. Howard. Howard that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, you gotta link that. Yeah. <laughs> Adult Swim. I get so mad when Howard gives Panera Bread <laughs> to deaf people. Or whatever. <laughs> Uh, that's so awesome. Uh, but yeah, so that means two votes for me and one vote for Jack. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess uh, guess Shepard gets it then. Yes! I'll need it, I'm sure. You will. I'm going to make sure you do. <laughs> you're, you're, probably the, you're probably the one who should get it, because I think both yeah. me and Jack forget very frequently when we have yeah. inspiration. <laughs> I do want to remind you, though, Jack, that you do have a D4. It's a spite D4. Mm-hmm. That I can use against, against Shepard. Yeah. Oh, specifically Shepard. Against Shepard. Yeah. You've also got the, the one from way back when, uh, back from session two or whenever, mm-hmm. when you fucked uh, up the line. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think I fucked it up. And you I think I it. have. I think I have two <laughs> as well. Yeah, I think so. Or you have at least one. Yeah. I, I mean, let's. I have as many as I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what we need fans out there uh so for a critical role they've got some person or group of people who maintains this like huge database of just like random uh, or not random yeah. but like information so it's called like i think it's called like cr stats or, or something like that mm. and so it, they've got it's like oh hey in this session you know this character had their 50th critical hit of this campaign and like 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 pretty in the weeds stuff <clears throat> And that's, we need some group of people outside of the podcast because we're all busy, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, uh, one of the to, things to I liked about these numbers. Um, the chain would be, uh, Matt Colville would be uncertain about a rule or something. And he'd be like, chat, how does that work? And then he would just move on. And <laughs> like 30 seconds later, someone would say, like, he would look at the chat again and be like, oh, apparently this is how it works. And he would make a ruling. Um, <laughs> that's great. So... Uh, it's tougher to do since we don't stream. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if, so. you know, imagine if at the beginning of a session you guys try to do something. I said, you know, I'm not sure how that works. Let's put a pen in that for now. And then, like a month later, we, we resolved. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's just be it's like critical to continue to play too. And we're just like, <laughs> right, we'll just yeah. leave that. Well, that's why we'll what you do is you just we're five minutes in. Something comes up, and <laughs> Duncan doesn't know how to resolve it, and he goes, uh, "Well, audience, uh, let us know what the answer is, and we'll see you next week." So yeah, I think a, on the subreddit. probably a more economical way to approach this would be I would just cut our remaining session time in half, and we would do it both ways. <laughs> oh, okay. Branching you know, pads. Boy, branch, if it happens more pads. than once, we're really screwed. Yeah, and then, uh, right, and, and we would just need to maintain some kind of tree mm-hmm. to keep track of where we were mm. at any given time. And then, you know, when the fans weigh in, 
you know, we can sever some of the branches. Yeah, we prune the timeline. Um, <laughs> right. And then and then there has to be some fan supercut of, of just the the main story <laughs> at, right. at the end of the day. So I think, you know, by now, if we had been playing that way, we would probably have made it to the village of Barovia. Right, exactly. Uh, I, what I'm picturing is you're like a little kid reading one of the Choose Your Own Adventure books, and you've got like your fingers stuffed in all the pages yeah. of, of like things you want to go back and recheck. And so I was do. thinking it would be like uh, watching Live Die Repeat. Oh, or whatever yeah, that okay. movie is called. We're, we're like Edge of Tomorrow. Was called Edge of Tomorrow, yeah, which is a great name. Where uh-huh. we're just. Uh, you know, it, it, you're like, okay, I've, I've seen this like a million times, and they shorten it accordingly because you're like, you get it. You're like, I, I get it. I know exactly what he says. I love that film. It's so good. I guess it's just me. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. Have you read the the actual like? What All you need is kill. All you need is kill. It's great. No, I have not. I've heard it's good. I just haven't read it. Yeah, it's very different, but it's great. Mm. I don't really read. <laughs> yeah, I'm illiterate, yeah. so I had it. Not read really my strong suit. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, it's a uh, manga, and it has pictures. Readings for betas. Oh, yeah. That Sigma grind set doesn't leave me time. <laughs> well, what, are you sleeping? Like, Because there's no time for sleep in the Sigma grind set. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I only write. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm one of the few people uh, who's like written Garth more Marenghi. books than he's read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Goth Marenghi's dark place. Speaking of, I was offended that... It took so long for people to comment on my beautiful work of fiction. Uh, I had read it like immediately. I just I was at work at the time. Uh, uh-huh. I think. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, I really did like it. You want to summarize it no. for the? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I was actually I've been trying to think of something that is like similar so that I can write one as well. But my, I, well, I've got one for you. I'll give it to you right now. No, 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 no. I want to. I want my own. Well, I mean, so I guess you can say it. I'm not going to write whatever your thing is. You don't think it would be more fun to just write one that's given to you? Nope. Okay, so, well, dear listeners, um, Nerf and I were in the car having fun. Um, we're doing this thing right now where uh, I won't use GPS on my phone. I only use uh, physical paper maps, which is particularly hard in, in the area that we live, which is a large metropolitan area with a confusing road structure. Um, and we were... I don't remember how this came up exactly. We, we were... Basically, we, we've learned pretty quickly that uh, a lot of signs are wrong. Like, we, there was a sign that was supposed to take us to the, the place, like, the road we were trying to get onto. But it was a road but early. It, yeah. It, but it was a road early, and so it actually turned you into, like, a Burger King drive-thru. Um, and uh, we caught it at time. But So we were talking about um, maybe, a, like, a superpower that we would like to have is, like, an infrastructure man where you can, you know, you have the superpower to not just, like, move signs to the appropriate places, but also button up all the paperwork that's required so that people can't move them back. <laughs> um, and then we, we started talking about other, uh, like, lame-sounding superpowers, and I thought of number on Primer Man, a man that can turn prime numbers into composite numbers. No. Um, and... Uh, you know, immediately realized that that would actually be terrifyingly dangerous. Um, and so I wrote, I banged out like a little one pager on a scenario in which a, a terrorist with the ability to, uh, unprime numbers tries to extract a bribe from the president of the United States. Um, and, uh, the ending 
isn't great, but I fixed it. Um, so in the original ending, well, I guess the, the listeners will have to read it, you know, if I post on the subreddit, which I want. But I want the other people in the podcast to know that I changed the ending, so it's better now. Did you post it? I didn't see it. Oh, no. Um, I'll... Instead of <laughs> instead of the better. president counting his fingers at the end and determining re- realizing like counting it up and realizing it's a fake number, he sneezes Zorb times, and then upon realizing that, faints. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, but uh, anyway, my next my next uh, entry into this series, which I'm calling lame sounding superpowers that are actually extremely dangerous. Um, is Median Man. He's a man who can make medians appear on roads that don't already have them. <laughs> okay. My um, front yard! <laughs> right, and the, the thing is, he can't make them go away. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but oh, he can totally... Yeah. He can foul intersections. He can, you know, places where it had turn lanes previously now have, you know, an elevated area with grass and trees growing on them. <laughs> um, so he could... He can just decimate a town. Um, you know, by by effectively drawing a line through it that people can't pass, it's gonna be great. Mm. What I really enjoyed about the story that you wrote was, I mean the the story itself was fine. the The style was so stupid because the uh, it, it would constantly recap things because this whole thing is like it's a page long. This story, <laughs> the best recap things that had just happened. <laughs> and I I loved it. It was it's very like Garth Marenghi. It's like, what was it, Beach Justice or whatever? Freddie Wong video? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where they're flashing back to something that happened like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I love that. I thought that was really great. If I can, you know, indulge myself a little bit. Uh, I was particularly proud of one sentence. Um, where... Uh, when when it's revealed that this man can unprime numbers, um, I wrote, a nearby aide dropped a pen, and everybody heard it, due to the extreme quietness that enveloped the room, like a particularly quiet cloud. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Which is funny, because clouds are usually quiet. <laughs> but this one was particularly I, my, so... My favorite line was the one where uh, it's it literally just recaps the entire story so far <laughs> um, in one sentence. Um, Mr. President, the aide called out, all the color draining from his face due to the stress uh, caused by the bad news he had just received over the phone from Dr. Murdoch, the associate professor of mathematics who had been helping monitor the situation with the collar and all the prime numbers. It's like, yeah, that's like the entire story up to that point. <laughs> I, I I thought that was super funny because it's so overboard. Well, thank you. I was very proud. Now, as I read that, I did help you out because you actually had a, a typo where you said cased instead of caused. But as I read it, I said, no, it's more important to tell the story than it is to point out its many flaws. Mm-hmm. I actually, I did that on purpose to express the urgency. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that's interesting. It's like, so- it's like reading Hagrid speaking. Uh huh. Right. I, I've said this before, I think, to you guys, but one thing that I I thought was really funny, Duncan years ago, he's a big Fifty Shades fan, uh, and he told me that I should read Fifty Shades because it's a really good work am. of fiction. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I started reading Fifty Shades, didn't make it that far, mm-hmm. but there was this one line in it 
because uh, uh, frankly, I was just really annoyed with the writing style, which ultimately is what Duncan was trying to get me to to read. Was the it, the writing style is just it's crazy. <laughs> um, if I recall correctly, it's it's uh, it's third person present tense uh, omniscient. I want to say it's very weird, <laughs> but. Um, at one point very early on when Anastasia or when, uh, uh, Gray, whatever his first name is, uh, Christian Gray, when he walks into like the hardware store where she works and she's kind of like, you know, melting in his presence, there's a, a point in the story where she describes his eyes, um, or, or some feature of him. And she describes it as like, oh, his eyes were like a, a pool of molten steel or something um and what i thought was really interesting about that specific thing you know whatever that thing was ending in or something was i was like oh that that could be a really interesting technique that the author is using where you know they're trying to express she is trying to express that the you know christian is so beautiful that it's flustering the character to the point where she's becoming an unreliable narrator where she can no longer even confidently you mm. know describe what's going on in the narrative but if it's third because person, this that wouldn't matter uh no it it it, it was it was fine unless just, the narrator's becoming overwhelmed uh right exactly so my like the situation i found myself in was this i was like either this is like really really brilliant and, and like a very interesting literary technique for, you know, describing or, or you know, kind of this meta version of, of indescribable beauty, or mm. it's just really bad writing because you ended your sentence with or something. Right. <laughs> oh. Well, and, if uh, I wanted if I wanted clever, you know, romance, or yeah, I would be reading Chuck Tingle. That's true. Uh, Jack, go ahead and link some Chuck Tingle titles. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So you can buy Chuck Tingle stuff in print. No, which is good because it makes an excellent gag gift. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely something to just kind of leave out in your office, and then if which someone I, I sees it, I believe you had done at one point, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, but big. So Chuck Tingle is—that's all well and good, but let's not forget "Taken by the T Rex," which I believe well, is isn't that a Chuck Tingle? No, it's that's not. not Chuck Tingle. It's not. How dare you? Um, but my the move is you get stuff like this, and you you either get something like that or you get some kind of embarrassing porn in print. This you know would be easier <laughs> a longer time ago, or like you know in a foreign country, and then you um, you put it in a shared bathroom, not not one that you use, but one that like you know your you know on your boss's floor or something like that. Um, so they have to figure out, like, who, you know, who's been reading this. Uh, yeah, even better if you put a bookmark in it. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. The official Chuck Tingle role-playing game, the Tingleverse. Uh-oh. There's a monster guy. There's a campaign setting. <laughs> oh, my God. We, uh, <laughs> I mean, we gotta get so, on this. You know, I did, I did actually read a Chuck Tingle book cover to cover, and he links it in at the end, like... You know, alludes to this expanded universe that he calls the Tingleverse. Uh-huh. Because um, he, he refers to his stories <laughs> as Tinglers. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, say what you will about the man, but he's prolific. For sure. I'm, I'm trying to pick which of these titles I should read out loud. 
Because they're all awesome. <laughs> well, the other one is, uh, like, some political gaffe will happen and Chuck Tingle will have a book out that references it in the title, like, a week later. <laughs> no, I've, I've read a couple <laughs> of them just because they're always super entertaining. So, the, the punchline with the titles is it's always pounded in the butt something something. <laughs> yeah. um, right. Uh, Not always. Come on. Uh, well, no, so, it's, well, I'm, I'm getting there. Like, that's, what that's about the Blaze general by the scheme. Gay Living Donuts? Okay, uh, okay, so I've... I've read um, <laughs> Helicopter Man Pounds Dinosaur Billionaire Ass. Mm-hmm. Bisexual Mothman Mailman Makes a Special Delivery in Our Butts. <laughs> I read Oppressed uh, in the Butt by my inclusive holiday coffee cups back when Starbucks did their thing where their <laughs> coffee cups were just red instead of being explicitly Christmas themed. That one yeah. was uh, that one was pretty good. I oh my god, Dr. Chuck, Tingle's, Dr. Chuck Tingle's Complete Guide to Romance. Wow. I freed this handsome cargo ship from the Suez Canal and now he's stuck in my butt. <laughs> um, How about pounded in the butt by my book, pounded in the butt by my book, pounded in the butt by my own butt? <laughs> Whoa, uh, hold on. He wrote one called Not Pounded by Anything Six Platonic Tales of Non Sexual Encounters. <laughs> How about Not Pounded by Anything While I Practice Responsible Social Distancing? <laughs> Slammed in the butthole by my concept of linear time. <laughs> I loved the, uh, so on the bottom right above his name, it says a lot of times from two-time award, a uh, Hugo Award finalist, Chuck Tingle. Right. One of his books is called Pounded in the Butt by My Hugo Award Loss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, some of them are simpler, like Space Raptor Butt Invasion. Um, yeah, I think those are a lot of his earlier yeah. works. Oh, here's the other Absolutely one Absolutely no thoughts of pounding during my fun day uh, with this kind <laughs> T-Rex because I'm aromantic and asexual and that's a wonderful... Sorry, and that's a wonderfully valid way to prove love is real. The other one that I read that I just found here was Slammed in the Butt by Domold Trump's attempt to avoid accusations of plagiarism by removing all facts or concrete plans from his Republican National Convention speech. <laughs> how about how Donald has- Trump pounded in the butt yeah. by his fabricated wiretapping scandal made up to redirect focus away from his seemingly endless unethical connections to Russia? <laughs> oh my God. Here's a, he, he's writing Select Your Own Timeline. This is a Choose Your Own Adventure book, but he picked a very confusing title for it. It's called Expedition to the Frozen Lake, a Select Your Own Timeline Adventure. Oh, wow. Uh, let, me, let me read the description on the back here just because it's crazy. As a retired explorer and archaeologist, you've had your share of adventure. Now it's time to let someone else spelunk into hidden caverns and push deep into mysterious jungles while you kick back and relax at home. When a Bigfoot named Noro Bibble arrives at your home, <laughs> pitching the expedition of a lifetime, however, you're forced to consider one last trek to the Frozen Link. Located just north of Billings, Montana, the Frozen <laughs> Link is a strange place of perpetual cold, blah, blah, blah. It keeps going down, and then, it, you know, it says, Will you meet the mysterious woman who floats at the bottom of the lake and speaks in a, speaks in a voice of crunching marbles? <laughs> Will you break through meta-reality in, a, in an effort to escape the void cultists and their carnivorous leader who are camped on the shore? Will you join forces with a machete-wielding sentient apple named the Apple Trapper, or will she end up turning you into one of her delicious pies? There's a lot going on here. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and none of it seems sexual. Uh, well, none of it. I gotta look at the ratings. Because the other thing is, this stuff all has five-star reviews. (laughs) (laughs) There's a there's a trio, uh, a trilogy that I'm interested in: Space Raptor Butt Invasion, Space Raptor Butt Redemption, (laughs) Space Raptor Butt Ascension. Oh Oh my gosh. 
but it's here's like probably the most trilogy. important one. Yeah, exactly. Not pounded at the last second because consent can be given and revoked at any moment. And this is a wonderful thing that's important to understand. Wow. Mm. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at his bio here. It says, Hugo Award nominee, Dr. Chuck Tangle, is an erotic author and Taekwondo Grandmaster. And <laughs> oh, in parentheses, it says, almost black belt. <laughs> 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 From Billings, Montana. After receiving his PhD at DeVry University in Holistic Massage, Chuck found himself <laughs> fascinated by all things sensual, leading to his creation of The Tingler, a story so blissfully erotic that it cannot be experienced without eliciting a sharp tingle down the spine. Chuck's hobbies include backpacking, checkers, and sport. Sports, of course. <laughs> News commentator Sam Hannity pounded in the butt by the fact that he didn't disclose he has the same lawyer as the president. <laughs> I do want to take a moment here and talk about this RPG because I've, I've been looking into it a little bit here. Uh, the <laughs> the races are human, Bigfoot, unicorn, and raptor. And then, and then once you pick your race, you pick, there are five classes. The bad boy, charmer, sneak, true buckaroo, and wizard. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, we, hey, here's one I really want to... I want to read... My butt is comforted by the realization that I'm okay and everything will be all right. <laughs> the spells are called cool moves. <laughs> oh, I wonder this though, I, I, like how, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, like how many words does this guy have in print? Like what's the average length of one of these? They're pretty how short. many are out there? I mean, I, I wonder I, how much recycling he does or if he just like sits down and bangs out like a, you know, 20,000 word mini book. Oh my god, this one looks awesome. A butt in the mist, stirred to the core of my bodice by the Duchess Triceratops of Helena. Oh, this, man. This one looks fucking awesome. <laughs> this one, it's oh. Harriet Porber and the bad boy Parasaralophus. <laughs> a pound a day keeps the I gotta butt buy this okay. Book. Professor T-Rex teaches me gayness. Oh, hang on. The audiobook version of A Butt in the Mist is free. Uh, but is it narrated by Dr. Chuck Tank? <laughs> okay. Alright, I'm buying this one on Kindle. So here we go. Straight. When a strange tear in the cosmos appears within Earth's annual path, the consequences are disastrous. Uh, for one night a year, the vast majority of humans now undergo a frightening mental change, transforming into hateful, rage-fueled zombies who will stop at nothing to satiate their desire for brutality. While not much is understood about this horrific mass hysteria, the demographic it affects is very specific. Cisgender straight people. <laughs> 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 oh, I like that he has a, a series of books that are just called Trans Wizard. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. There's Trans uh, Harriet Porber is I guess the name of the protagonist. And there's two there's two books already. We should probably talk about something other than just, like half the podcast at this point has just been talking about Chuck Tingle. That, that well, might be our best uh, podcast yet. <laughs> maybe. I, all, all I know is, like, I aspire to creating my own story form, like a tingler. Mm. Okay. Well, do we want to call it there, or do we want to delve I, I don't know if there's any. The there's no I way think, we can go up from what we've discussed here. So I'm mm. sufficiently tingled. 